grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crammed to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and and let's keep up with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to the show. My name's Michelle. And I'm Rachel. And um, as usual, we've got a super busy week of engagements from the Royal Family. How are you this week, Rach? Yeah, good. Like you said, it's a lot to uh, keep on top of this week, isn't it? Oh, honestly, I feel as if I've been a little bit bombarded. It's been like a bit of a tornado in my head this week with Royals. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So why don't we get on with uh, the show and let's start off with the Royal Rounder. Let's start with Her Majesty, who made an appearance at Ascot on the final day to lots of cheers from the crowd. Lots of cheers. It was brilliant. (laughs) Wasn't it? Yeah, it was so lovely. We didn't know if we were going to get an appearance from the Queen this year. And then obviously she appeared at the last day, um, which was lovely. And when she got out of the car, everyone, you know, was so it was just so lovely to see her, wasn't it? It was definitely. There was a wow, like a real uh, audible cheer and I just keep thinking she goes everywhere and listens to that song the um the national anthem the national anthem that song and I'm just like yeah <laughs> to listen to that song constantly I don't know it might be a little bit of like an earworm yeah she probably is like just zones out doesn't she yeah definitely um and the VNA museum on behalf of the queen has announced I was really excited about this a design competition for budding artists between the age of 13 and 25 in the UK to design the Platinum Jubilee emblem. So um, what this means is the winning design will appear on official merchandise, on big screens and extensively across all social media channels in 2022. So that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, so fun. And um, I think, it, again, it's a great way of including people in you know, the celebrations, because although we're celebrating Her Majesty, we're, it's a celebration for the people as well, isn't it? It is, absolutely. And I I love the fact that it's embracing design, but also embracing younger people, 13 to 25, to get involved in it as well. So, I mean, if I was between 13 and 25, I'd give it a go. I'd I'd send in my stick, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a really bad drawer. I don't know if it it would be picked, but (laughs) you could have a go. Um, The Prince of Wales visited Chelsea and Westminster Hospital to see the young people who have gained employment through the Prince's Trust. And he planted a tree. A tree with a Tree with Yay! So this is the fourth tree (laughs) in in podcast history for us. Uh, We love a tree with We love a tree (laughs) with Good luck, tree. The Duchess of Cornwall highlighted the important work of Ebony Horse Club, which provides horse riding opportunities to urban areas. And I have to say, if there was an Ebony um, Horse Riding Club in Cardiff when I was growing up, I would have jumped at the chance to go because I love horses. Also this week, she sent a message to families being supported by hospices and staff and volunteers who work at these hospices 
for Children's Hospice Week. And honestly, um, she wrote an amazing um, message on her socials. It was Windrush Day and there was a post um, from Prince Charles about meeting Windrush veterans to mark the occasion. And the Windrush generation has been an absolute scandal here in the UK. Yeah, and um, there's so much that's gone on with the Windrush generation. But before the 1960s, anyone from the Commonwealth could come to Britain. And then in the 1970s, I think it was 1971, if I remember right, there was an, an immigration act that was passed that then differentiated between Commonwealth citizens and British citizens. Um, so but still, people were still coming over from the Commonwealth and it was actually welcome to come here. But then since there's been a change in the act um, and they're not seen as citizens are allowed to be in Britain. Um, and so they were not given um, permanent rights to be um, a resident in Britain, which I think is just absolutely disgusting. Mm. Um, and it was a massive scandal here when um, they tried to, ch- I think that they tried to change the act. Yeah, they, they tried to um, send, they tried to deport people back to um places like Jamaica didn't they yeah yeah it was so upsetting um and also as well a kick in the face to all those wonderful people who've come to Britain and supported our economy who've grown um businesses and um nurtured and brought up their families here made a contribution to society and now they're being you know they've lived here the majority of their lives and then they were told that they would have to go back to the country that they originated from which again, like you said, it's disgusting. The social media post that was on Clarence House this week was actually from 2017 when Prince Charles met the Windrush veterans. Um, so it's not like a, a new engagement for them this week. It was just highlighting uh, when he met the Windrush veterans. We had a really fun engagement from Camilla this week where she was reading yet more books to children at Griffin Primary School in aid of her patronage with Book Trust and the opening of their new library. We're going to see Camilla opening, uh, reading a lot of books to children this week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot. And the first thing I thought was, um, why do, don't she read Megan's The Bench to them? But then I actually think because Megan's book is um, commercialised, she's actually not allowed to. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah, but we had a really um, fun video, didn't we, on their um, social media this week. And she was um, joined by Elmer the Elephant, wasn't she, at St. Yeah. James's Palace, where she hosted a story time for local children. And um, this was in to coincide with the launch of Elephant Story Trail for the Literacy Trust. Yeah, and that also coincides with 100 life-size Latana elephant statues by Coexist Story Art Exhibition, which has a bit of a mouthful, uh, but that's in memory of uh, the Duchess's brother, Mark Shand, and you can see the life-size elephant statues in Green Park, St. James's Palace, and Berkeley Square. So basically, with the Elephant Story Trail, you follow the storybooks, and it ends at one of these um, life-size elephant statues, which I think is a brilliant way of combining the elephant Elephant Trust and the Literacy Trust together. Yeah. So yeah, it was really fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was so fun. And I'd love to see the elephants. Like I was in London the other week and I, I didn't see them. I was around, you know, the area of the Mao and Buckingham Palace. Um, but I think they're moved every so often, aren't they, to different areas. That's right. Yeah. And so so more people can see them and enjoy them. Yeah. Um but yeah, maybe next time in London I'll have a I'll have a look out for them. Yeah. Um and 
There's more coming from Charles and Camilla. Charles visited the real farm ed in Oxfordshire to talk sustainable farming and food systems. And then the couple had a tour of the Theatre Royal in Drury Lane to see the two-year restoration project by Andrew Lloyd Webber and his wife, Madeline. I really liked this. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, a massive fan of the theatre, but then also, yeah. Rach, you posted on our Instagram at Keeping Up With The Winds' pod, them having afternoon tea at the theatre. Yes. Oh, this photo, I just loved it. It was just so very British of them. <laughs> to be So having, very British. There was like, there was scones, there was finger sandwiches. I mean, I would have loved to have been part of that afternoon tea. <laughs> Me too. I wonder whether the tea what tea they actually drank I'm all you know I'm such a tea connoisseur so I'm like well, yeah. what were they drinking <laughs> and what I really enjoyed about this engagement as you said it was a, the restoration project um is from Andrew Lloyd Webber and he has really become an advocate of the arts and the theatre in the UK especially over the pandemic because at the moment we still cannot go to live venues we cannot go to the theatre so he has been a great advocate for the many thousands of people across the UK that are being hit hard in this area. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I say, I love um, anything to do with theatre and I think it's, it's, it's wonderful just to keep that flame alive for when we are ready to go back to the theatre. Um, then Camilla and Charles, they moved to Hyde Park where they thanked the workers of the Royal Parks for keeping the park so pristine, safe and open for the public during the pandemic. Charles has been patron of the Royal Parks charity since 2003. Yeah, because um, Prince Philip actually back in the day, I think it started in maybe the 50s or 60s, that he actually petitioned for more green spaces, didn't he? Um, so it's actually thanks to him that we have, especially in place, built up places such as London, where people don't have gardens, that they have access to green spaces. And I think a lot of people don't realise that Prince Philip had a very heavy hand in championing that cause. Phil, my husband, he's done the Royal Parks Half Marathon and that runs through all of the, you know, a, a, a number of the Royal Parks. And again, that marathon would never happen had it not been for Prince Philip. So um, thank you, sir. Mm. Um, and we've had our first in-person investiture, which was given by Prince Charles to 32 recipients at St. James's Palace. One of those was Reginda Hazel, and he was given an MBE for services to health and fitness. Now he is dubbed the Skipping Seek Online, and he's created exercise videos for the elderly that went viral during lockdown. And he promotes fitness and exercise from home. But not just that, Rach. He also fundraised nearly £15,000 for the NHS. So Amazing. what a well-deserved recipient. Yeah. So well done to everybody who received an honour. Now, the first thing I thought was St. James's Palace is quite a strange place to do the investiture. But then we heard mm. that um, the Queen was in Buckingham Palace with Boris Johnson. Is that correct, Rach? Yes, yeah. She had her first in-person audience with um, Boris Johnson, who's the UK Prime Minister, since the pandemic. Because obviously she's been at Windsor Castle as well, couldn't mix indoors. Um, so this was the first time. So lovely to see her in a lovely uh, purple outfit. So yeah, it was it was great. Prince William turned 39 this week. Yay! Happy birthday! Yay! Which was um lovely. It was um they posted on their social media like a thank you to everyone that had wished him a happy birthday. And we've also been teased with information coming next week in regards to the Earthshot Prize 
um, which was interesting because you only saw the back of William's head mm. and he was flying a drone. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what's happening with that, won't it? Have you ever flown a drone, Rach? No, never. Me either. I, I think it will be really fun, but I probably would get it so high that I wouldn't be able to see which directions <laughs> to take it. So I think I'd be quite scared. It needs to be in a very open space. <laughs> <laughs> And we've had some really fun engagements and some big news from the Cambridges, which we will keep for the Royal News a bit later. Um, It has since been announced that Catherine will be joining William and Harry at the unveiling of the Princess Diana Memorial on July the 1st, and Meghan will be staying home. So last episode, we wasn't quite sure whether we would be seeing Meghan or not, to be honest. She's just given birth. Give the girl a break. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I think. I wouldn't be flying if I'd just given birth. (laughs) No way. Exactly. Also, the body takes such a long time to get over giving birth. So for me, I'm just like, of course, of course she wasn't coming. Regardless of whether she can jump on a private plane or not, that takes it out of you. And she's bonding with her daughter. So, you know, it makes no sense for me. But what Mm. I loved was um, the Duchess of Sussex, Megan, is celebrating hitting the New York Times bestseller list for her children's book, The Bench, which we mentioned a little bit earlier. So a massive congratulations to Megan for a wonderful achievement, just fantastic. We've also pointed out she isn't the only royal that's written books. Quite a few uh, royals have written books. (laughs) Um, But is she the first royal to hit the uh, New York Times bestseller list? That's something I don't know. So if you know... um, our lovely royal community out there, come on to Instagram and let us know whether Megan is the first uh, royal to hit the New York Times bestseller list. And she's been talking to NPR this week about the book. And to be honest, I have to give, you know, put my hands up and say, I haven't actually listened to that interview yet. I've been so busy at work this week. So I'll listen to it and give you a little bit of an update next week. The Duchess of Gloucester turned 70 this week and the Princess Royal's son, Peter, has had his divorce finalised from autumn, which happened last week, which we didn't mention last week. So that's why we're mentioning it this week. Yeah, um, I think it's, they seem like they've got a nice clean break, the two of them. Um, Mm. And I just wish them all the the luck together, co-parenting and starting new lives together, which I mean, with a divorce, they probably separated a while ago it does take a while to be to get divorced in the UK so yeah and we actually saw Peter at Royal Ascot last week as well which was the first um in-person appearance that we had seen him at in a while yeah. um again not a working royal but we just thought we'd mention it because he is the Queen's grandson so that's it for the Royal Roundup a lot of information <laughs> a lot of uh, engagements yet again this week yeah um so now we're going to go into the Royal News <laughs> So starting the Royal News this week, we celebrated Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. And we had a few posts from the Royal Family. So on the Royal Family's Instagram account, they posted a picture of the Queen with a young Prince Charles, her father, King George VI and Prince Philip. And it was a photograph that I'd actually never seen before. Had you seen it before? No, I haven't. But the only thing I did notice is the scary deer that the, the <laughs> Charles was sat on. It was so scary. You want to see the eyes on that thing? It wasn't a real deer, by the way. It's just a statue, but it did freak me out. The royals love a statue and they love deer. <laughs> they love a statue. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, they posted that photo. And then Clarence House also posted a photo with Prince Charles with Prince Philip. And then we also had some lovely photos of Camilla with her her father as well, which was um, really nice to see because, you know, sometimes on the royal accounts, they only post about, obviously, the royals. But it was a nice way to then include Bruce Shand, who is Camilla's father. That was nice to see. And then we had a lovely video from the Cambridges on their Instagram account. And there was a picture of Kate with her dad, a picture of um, Prince Charles with William and Harry, and then a little picture with William with his three children, which was really lovely to see. A lot of people were saying, I wish we would have had that photo of William with the kids in HD so we could see it clearly because it was like a very blurry photo. But then later on in the day, William made an in-person appearance with Princess Charlotte and Prince George at the Sandringham Half Marathon. Yeah. Um, which was absolutely lovely to see, see him with his children. And I just thought he looked so natural as a dad. I noticed Charlotte's hair is really light now. No, I didn't really notice that. Yeah, her hair's really light now. And both of the children are really tall. Very tall. I think they're going to be tall children. But William and Catherine are tall anyway, aren't Mm. they? So it makes sense. Yeah. So it was lovely to see them because they he was um, wishing all the runners luck. And then him and the children did a little countdown for all the runners. But yeah, it was just so nice to see them because we don't really see a lot of the children, do we? I like kids being kids. Mm. I like them having a childhood to not be in the in the um, public eye. And I think every now and then they'll just drip feed something. And I think they're doing it very well. Yeah. I actually think that about um, Harry and Meghan as well. I think they drip feed you know they give us information about their children when they want to um and I don't think that their children's information and their image should be on tap for anybody at any point just because they're royals they still they're still children they still should be protected but what was interesting was this video was not posted on their social media account it was actually people that were at the event that had recorded the video and then posted it online so it wasn't an official engagement and I think that's probably why it wasn't posted onto their Instagram Mm -hmm. and then we had um, a lovely little montage from Princess Eugenie yeah Um, this is so cute yeah for for um Jack so that was really nice to see um and she just obviously wanted to wish him a happy father's day but yeah there's some such lovely photos weren't there yeah Jack looked very tired in one you could see he's just (laughs) just done a night shift <laughs> oh, this again. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bring back the nannies. Where are the nannies? <laughs> oh. Um, okay, so let's talk about the big news this week. Um, we've had the big reveal that the Duchess of Cambridge has launched her own foundation, and the foundation's called the Royal Foundation Centre for Early Childhood. And I'm not, I don't know about you, but every time I try and remember what the name's called, I start saying early learning centre. <laughs> Can you remember that shop, the early learning yeah. centre? Um, oh. Anyway, so I need to get that out of my head that it's not that, it's early childhood. Uh, we saw this week the teasings of the foundation and the 10 years in the making video on Instagram, which I thought was really nice, especially because it's talking about um, child development and mental health. And I don't know whether that was because of everything that's happened with Meghan and Harry talking about mental health. And that video kind of reminds people that this isn't just something that they've put out there to counter block anything it's actually something that's been um rooted within the duchess's Mm. 
engagements for the long well ever since she started as a royal yeah ever so this is basically 10 years in the making to get to this point because like you said she's been an advocate for child development child mental health since the beginning since she took on her royal duties really and this foundation is something that we're going to see grow throughout the years isn't it yeah Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, maybe one day one of the, her children might take over as a patron of the foundation. Yeah, and you know what? I think all royals have a legacy. So Prince Philip, his legacy is the Duke of Edinburgh Awards. Prince Charles's legacy is definitely going to be the Prince's Trust. And I think this is something that's going to happen for the Duchess of Cambridge. Her legacy is going to be the Royal Foundation Centre for Early Childhood. So. We saw uh, Catherine, she had the inaugural report in hand, big change, start small. (laughs) And she walked into the School of Economics where she chatted to experts. And then also she moved to Kensington Palace Cafe, which I can't wait to go to the Kensington Palace Cafe. I'm just thinking of what <laughs> I <was going laughs> And anyway, she was there to talk to families about issues facing them um, in their in their lives. So the report states that the way that the early years, so the early years is the first five years of life, um, that critically impacts individuals throughout their lifetime. And moving forward, the centre will be working with experts and families. And this is quoted actually from their social media to make change through fresh research to identify opportunities, collaborations to scale solutions and creative campaigns to bring this issue to light. So also on the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge's socials this week, it said, ultimately, what shapes our childhood not only shapes us as adults, but also the society we want to form. Change really needs to happen and the time for action is now. It also states that in its in establishing the Royal Foundation Centre for Early Childhood, take a deep breath, <laughs> that's a long one, our mission is to drive awareness of and action on the transformative impact of the early years. So this is basically the launch of it. This saying about their mission is saying about what they want to and what they hope to achieve um, within the, the foundation. I just wish um, Catherine all the best with this. I think it's going to be something that is really going to yield some great results. There were there were a lot of people online saying we have we did have something called Sure Start in the UK and the funding got stripped because of governmental um, set, um, cutbacks. And they were saying this is a way of filling that void. Mm. So um, it's, it's so it's so needed within the UK. Let's put it that well. Is this going to be a, a worldwide foundation, do you think, Rach? Or do you think it's going to be mostly in the UK? Well, it's interesting you say that because obviously last week when we had the meeting with Dr. Jill Biden, didn't we? And from that, we gathered that they would be working together in the years to come. So maybe it's something that she's starting here in the UK and maybe she may have counterparts in other countries in the years to come. Yeah, that makes more, that definitely makes more sense. The changes that impact people within their first five years, you know, that the the, the brain structure, their personality, the way they see the world, their belief system, all that is formed within those five years. And that happens worldwide. It's a human thing. It isn't a cultural or um, a political thing. It's a human experience. Mm. So yeah, it would work across the board. So let's hope, let's hope that it um, has a worldwide appeal. 
Yeah, and I think when I was reading the report, Catherine did a bit of an introduction and she actually said when she started taking up the royal duties over a decade ago, she started meeting people who were suffering from things like addiction, violence, homelessness and mental health. She said underpins these experiences and spending time together and hearing more about their lives. She said she was struck by how often poor mental health but also how early childhood was the focus of the conversation. Yeah. So it all leads back to, you know, what happens in those formative years as a child. Yeah. I noted that during the 10 years in the making video on their Instagram, mm. there was a very um, Sean Bean slash Ned Stark voiceover narrator. <laughs> I was like, that was a weird choice. <laughs> when you listen to it now you'll start laughing yeah um but it was like it brought a bit more like nobility and uh seriousness to it you know I was like oh is that Ned Stark I'm not quite sure <laughs> and I actually liked how she ended the report because she said it won't be easy transformation never is but big change starts small yeah yeah and I was like well yes that's the way to end it and yeah, she, you know, like like we said, she's in this for the long run, isn't she? This is going to be her, like you said, her legacy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And we saw her as well, her last engagement, um, which I think was yesterday, posted yesterday, um, at the Natural History Museum with children. They were opening a, um, a wildlife garden there and she was making like these little spiders out of um, pine cones and little uh, putting little legs on them. And she called her spider cuddles. I was like, I really like that. <laughs> but the way the way she interacts with children and the way she talks to them some people don't know how to talk to kids mm. she to- and, and and children are really drawn in by her yeah. not just because she's a princess but because like she really listens to them and gives them space yeah so and I, I think her and Dr Jill Biden have a, a bit of a tour de force when it comes to it and Dr Jill Biden has been a teacher for decades I mean she tweeted in August teaching is not what I do it's who I am having Dr Jill's knowledge is going to really inform maybe some of the research that the the foundation takes you know moves in which direction I I mean I think the, mm. the main thing here is watch this space so now we've got today's news which we're recording this on the 24th of June on a Thursday and we woke up to the financial report <laughs> didn't we Rach <laughs> like no financial report it always it always starts some controversy yeah. when they talk money and the royals and obviously it's come back to harry and Meghan yet again hasn't it a brain hurt these, these two just can't catch a break like <laughs> okay so let's have a bit i'm going to give a backstory about the sovereign grant to begin with um just for context so the queen receives a single payment each year known as the sovereign grant and this is used by the royal family to pay for official duties and the upkeep of the palaces. The money comes from profits on the crown estates and which includes a property business owned by the monarch and this includes Regent Street in London and Ascot in Windsor. Yes. Normally the queen receives 15% of the crown estates profits But in 2017, it was agreed that she would receive 25% over the next 10 years to help pay for the, get this, £369 million refurbishment of Buckingham Palace. That's a lot of gold leaf. That's a lot lot of (laughs) mother. 
So the queen also receives a private income, which is passed down from monarch to monarch. And this is known as the privy purse. And this money is from a private estate known as the Duchy of Lancaster, which covers areas of Lancashire, Yorkshire and central London. And just as a side note, the Queen does pay tax on her private income. The total sovereign grant for 2020 to 21 is amounted to 85.9 million. And last year, 2019 to 2020, it was 82.4 million which is the equivalent of £1.29 per person in the UK. So that's how much we as individuals pay for the monarchy each year, £1.29. Yeah. Which I don't think is that bad, actually. Yeah. yeah I think they're good value for money when you think of it as a whole. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and also, it takes a lot to upkeep these palaces and obviously with royal engagements and stuff. Like, for instance... We'll, we'll call it out the g7 the queen came back on the royal train boris johnson took a private plane yeah and i think it's um interesting to note as well that um obviously they receive revenue from ticket sales to things like entry into palaces but obviously because of covid this year it fell by 53 percent to 9.4 million when in 2019 to 2020 it was 20.2 million. Yeah. Now that's insane, isn't it? Yeah. And that's why it's important when you um when you book to go to one of the royal palaces, it always asks if you'd like to um give a bit more because at the end of the day, it is a charity. This um the palaces are not owned by the monarchy, they're not owned by the queen. Um, and that's why we pay to keep their yeah. upkeep, isn't it? Um, so what's the controversy with um Prince Harry and Prince Charles then, Rach? So obviously, in the Oprah interview, it all comes back to this Oprah interview, doesn't it? <laughs> oh my goodness. So Prince Charles's money comes from the Duchy of Cornwall, which is his private income. Um, and last year, it showed that the funding for Princes William and Harry cost Prince Charles £4.5 million, pounds, right? Yeah. Get that? Got it. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. Harry said he was cut off financially in the first quarter, but the records show that he was actually supported financially until the summer of 2020. Mm. There was someone on, on Twitter today, and I don't know how true this is, but I'll just say it anyway. They said that it was actually the fiscal year that Harry was talking about, not the tax year. But I don't know whether those are the same thing, because I have no idea what the fiscal thing is. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I'm not being fun, funny. If you if you're here in the first half, I'm thinking it's you know January to April. You know, yeah. April. That's what I think of the first yeah. half. The first I don't quarter. Know about you, the first but, quarter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but what was interesting is a senior spokesperson at Clarence House. Obviously, it's going to be another. It's not a palace source this oh, time, though. Okay. It's actually. Someone. just tell us the names people just tell yeah. us the names they said as we'll all remember in January 2020 when the Duke and Duchess of Sussex announced that they were going to move away from the working royal family the Duke said that they would work towards becoming financially independent which obviously they have done so just to mention the report does actually show as well that the 2.4 million payment from the Duke and Duchess to reimburse the upkeep and the um, refurbishment of Frogmore, Frogmore Cottage was paid back. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this does show that. So I just thought I'd add that in. Yeah, because 
had they not paid that back, their finances would look even worse than what they do. And I mean worse, but like, you know, they, they, it's, it's not favorable. They like to stay the same or be less than the year before. And they're more than. Now, I believe that the PR surrounding that is is driving that Harry and Meghan narrative and making them look the mm. bad people like, oh, he lied in the Oprah thing. I don't know. I don't even remember what I did last week. Never mind whether it's the first quarter, the second quarter. I, you know, it it is what it is. But I think the main thing to note here is I believe, hand on heart, the money that they use is a good use. And I think I, I don't begrudge my £1.29 going to the royal family, but that's because I'm a royalist. <laughs> so it's going to be very different for somebody who's not a royalist. What was £1.29 for the whole year? I mean, even if you were dirt poor, Mm. you could still afford you know one pound 29 surely mm. yeah I mean I think it's it's more of a um then it becomes a moral issue when people are starving why should I give them to a rich family that type of thing mm. but I think on on the whole the 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 royal family do bring in so much to the to the economy that 80 what was it 83 million did you say Rach 85.9 million yeah, so like 85.9 million is a worthy trade-off for what we get in tourism and um yeah because like yeah because I read I read some somewhere that in her lifetime Princess Charlotte will bring in over one billion pounds into the UK economy from like the the things she wears and yeah. things like that. And I think this is the thing. If you look at it more holistically, if you look at it from a big picture perspective, it makes sense. But if you look at it from the average person who is finding it difficult or the the um, the government have just cut their benefits because of such and such, and then you go, right, well, now give £1.29 of your money to the one of the richest families in the world. You're like, no, uh, why? <laughs> so... I mean, it's, it's a very economical pro- problem. And this yeah. is the reason why whenever the financial report is delivered, it's always um, that contention. You always get the people who anti-monics and people who are a royalist. So it's nothing new, but I also think that the Harry and Meghan rhetoric is smoke and mirrors to dampen down the rhetoric for people who um, disagree with us having a monarchy. So the spokesperson, when asked about the different descriptions of the financial arrangements, and obviously that's alluding to the Oprah interview, they said, I wouldn't acknowledge that they are dramatically different. All I can tell you are the facts. And he pointed to the couple's current financially independent situation. What does that mean? (laughs) I don't think I know what it means. So basically he's saying... The facts are the facts. If you look at the report, the report's the report. If you're looking at, yeah, the report's the report, you know, you can't you can't change the facts. The facts are the facts. You know, you're saying you got cut off first quarter. Well, this is saying something totally different. Hmm. That's, that's what it's saying. We might see some, I don't know, like an official statement come from Harry and Meghan this, this week because of that. I'm not quite sure. I think it's one of those things. It literally has just come out. These things have just um, surfaced. So I think in next episode, in next week's episode, we probably will have a better understanding and a bit more of from both sides, mm. shall we say, um, moving forward. But it's very interesting. They are pushing that the facts are the facts. Yeah. You know, it's, it's up for debate again. <laughs> it, I think their PR teams are working overdrive. <laughs> 
both on both sides. And I just think it will be interesting when we see Harry come over next week for the Diana Memorial. <laughs> Every, everyone's going to be looking at the body language, aren't they? <laughs> well, I love the body language experts on YouTube. So I'm going to be sat there for two hours whilst they dissect every single um and ah. <laughs> <laughs> and talk, talking of the um, statue, I'm presuming it's a statue of Princess Diana. We've not actually been given any details. So I'm really intrigued to see what this statue is going to look like because it has been um, a joint project between William and Harry for many years and the artist that has um, made this piece of art for them. Can you imagine being the artist right now? You've got a week to go. And you're thinking, have you ever seen that statue of um, Ronaldinho? And he just doesn't look like the footballer, <laughs> Ronaldinho. And you're like, maybe the artist is going, is this giving the Princess Diana, one of the most beloved humans that's ever lived, justice? I'm not quite sure. We, we shall see. Not many people liked the fountain in Hyde Park. I'm, mm. I'm not sure. It, I guess it, it's a very contemporary fountain but it doesn't speak of the, the nature of the woman. So hopefully, I mean, if Harry and William are happy with it, I'm happy with it. I think that's the main thing, isn't it? It's, yeah. their, it's their mother. It's, yeah. it's a wonderful way to keep her memory alive. And uh, yeah, hopefully, Rach, we shall be seeing it very soon. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mm. <laughs> Stay, <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Okay, so um, that's the Royal News for this week. We are approaching 1,000 people uh, following us on Instagram. We're also approaching, it might, we might have even got there by the time you listen to this, 2,000 downloads of our podcast. Thank you so much for everybody out there. Um, I'm not quite sure whether um, my French... <laughs> My French thank you last week uh, was gratefully received. It might, I might have butchered the French language. <laughs> Those French listeners might have turned off by now. They're probably not listening. They probably thought I might have said a swear word. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> so our podcast, Royal Community Country of the Week, is going to go to the United Arab Emirates. Thank you so much to everybody who's listening out there. I'm sure it's hot and beautiful, the weather. Um, we've kind of gone a bit murky in the UK. <laughs> it's a bit uh, cold and uh, blustery, but um, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate all of our listeners, don't we? And... Um... We can't believe that we've got so many people following us on Instagram and we've only been going since March. I know, absolutely. And like I say, we are approaching 2,000 downloads of the podcast, which is absolutely amazing. Main thing to note is next week we'll be talking about whatever's going to be revealed with William and that drone for Earthshot Prize. <laughs> and we'll be, um, probably will have a lot more details about the Diana Memorial um, unveiling on the 1st of July as well. So we'll keep you up to date with all that. Don't forget you can follow us on Instagram at Keeping Up With The Windsors Pods. And we'll see you next week on Keeping Up With, with The Windsors. Windsors.